0: A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in the town of Bethany where Mary and her sister Martha lived. Mary was a woman who later put perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. My brother, Mary's brother was Lazarus, the man who was sick. So Mary and Martha sent someone to tell Jesus.
1: Lord, the one you love is sick.
0: When Jesus heard this, he said,
1: This sickness will not end in death. It is for the glory of God.
0: To bring glory to the Son of God. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. But when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Then Jesus said to his followers, Let's go back to Judea. The followers said, But, teacher, some people there tried to stone you to death only a short time ago. Now you want to go back there?
1: Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the daylight, he will not stumble, because he can see by this world's light. But if anyone walks at night, he stumbles because there is no light to help him see. And Jesus said this, after this Jesus added, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him. The followers said,
0: Jesus meant that Lazarus was dead, but the followers thought he meant Lazarus was really sleeping, so then Jesus said plainly, Lazarus is dead,
1: and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let's go now to him.
0: Then Thomas, the one called Didymus, said to the other followers, let us also go so that we can die with him. When Jesus arrived, he learned that Lazarus was already, had already been dead and in the tomb for four days. Bethany was about two miles from Jerusalem. Many of the Jews had come there to comfort Martha and Mary about their brother. When Martha heard Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know even now, God will give you anything you ask.
1: Jesus said, Your brother will rise and live again. Martha answered,
0: I know that he will rise and live again in the resurrection on the last day.
1: Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me will have life, even if they die. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die.
0: Martha, do you believe this? Martha answered, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one coming to the world. After Martha said this, she went back and talked to her sister Mary alone. Martha said, The teacher is here, and he is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to Jesus. Jesus had not yet come into town, but was still at the place where where Martha had met him. The Jews were with Mary in the house, comforting her. When they saw her stand and leave quickly, they followed her, thinking she was going to the tomb to cry there. But Mary went to the place where Jesus was. When she saw him, she fell on his, at his feet and said,
2: Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died.
0: When Jesus saw Mary crying and the Jews who came in with her also crying, he was upset and deeply troubled. He asked, Where have you buried him? Come and see, Lord. Jesus cried, so the Jews said,
2: See how much he him.
0: But some of them said, the blind man. Why couldn't
1: he keep Lazarus from dying?
0: Again, feeling very upset, Jesus came to the tomb. It was a cave with a large stone covering the entrance. Jesus said, Move the stone away. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, But Lord, it has been four days since he died. There will be a bad smell.
1: Then Jesus said to her, Didn't I tell you that if you
0: believed, you would see the glory of God? So they moved the stone away from the entrance. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I
1: thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said these things because of the people here around me. I want them to believe that you sent me.
0: After Jesus said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped in pieces of cloth. A cloth was around his face. Jesus said to them, Take the cloth off of him and let him go. Many of the people who had come to visit Mary saw saw what Jesus Jesus did, believed in in him. him. The word of God for the people of God.
2: Thank you, readers. That was from the 11th chapter of John. Would you stand with me as we ask the Lord to speak through these words that we share with you this morning? Father, we thank you that you are here and that you love us deeply. May the words from your scripture and the thoughts that we share be an encouragement and a challenge and lead us to love you and to love one another even more. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. (laughs) You may be seated. This is our year of growth. And uh, you know our verse for the year is Luke 2.52 and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So the interesting thing about growth is this. In order to grow... We have to be willing to change. In order to grow, we have to be willing to change. Change our behavior, change our thought processes, change our routines. That's what the Lenten season is all about. In Lenten, we say, God, what can I give up? And the idea is that perhaps we get stuck. I mean, for this Lenten season, I I actually got embarrassed a couple of Sundays ago because I decided to cut back on ESPN, and uh, I had it on my phone, and right before I was getting ready to speak, it went doo-doo-doo-doo, and I went, oh my gosh. But you know what happened as a result of that? I recognized that in my daily routines, television, and especially sports, invade my conscious mind and my unconscious mind because out of routine. I do most of the cooking for our family. not that Kathy can't cook. She's a great cook. I love to cook. And so when I come in, I would immediately put the television on. as background noise and start cooking. And um, television has nothing really on it that's going to feed my spirit. It's going to challenge me to grow, but just out of habit. And since in Lent, as I cut back from that, the, the, the tendency is still there. When I come in, first thing, when I go for my walk or go swimming, anymore, when I the want to come back. I'm going to fix breakfast. First thing I want, and I, oh, no, what I want to do is to get into God's word and to be quiet. And I've had the greatest time. And it's been interesting that as I slow it down to listen to what God has to say to me, some amazing things are happening in my life because wherever Jesus went he was about transformation Sharon would you come to the piano so really the title of the message this morning is he loves me and I want to teach you it's just a little Sunday school song of B flat if you give me that and it's a it's an action song where we do the words and so I'm going to sing it and I just want you to sing it with me and notice the action these are signs sign language but it goes like this he loves me he loves me, Jesus loves me, this is a sign for Jesus the cross, he loves me, he loves me, Jesus loves me result. I love him. I love him. I love Jesus. I love him. I love I love Jesus. Just that last tag, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Hmm. I was going over that song yesterday with it was just a practice but the reality of that that the God of the universe that created it all that spoke the world into existence was willing to go to the cross for my junk (laughs) and even though I make confessions of faith and you know I'm a pastor and all that stuff I mess up so often, hmm. but he still loves me, and out of that love, I, I want to respond to that, so this text this morning gives us a chance to look at what that actually means, the narrative from John 11, you know, the surface is a little troubling, because when we review the exchange between Mary and Martha and, and, and Jesus, uh, it almost seems like uh, Jesus was distracted, you know, like he had bigger fish to fry or maybe he wasn't that concerned about them, except that the reality of Jesus' love is mentioned over and over in this text. Now, the truth of Jesus' love is very, very comforting to me. So I just share it to you? I mean, just the thought about it. It just just brings me once more back into the Savior's presence. It's a foundational understanding that tempers my response to life. See, Jesus loves me even though I might not understand what he's doing. (laughs) He loves me even though I might be hurting right now. He loves me even though I might be confused because I feel like I've lost control. So we learned from verse 17 of this chapter that Lazarus had been dead for four days. And Christ remained, though, therefore not in order to work a greater miracle by raising Lazarus from the dead. But he stayed two more days, strange as it would appear, because he wanted to show his love to them. Now, this delay of love, everybody say delay of love. love. This delay of love is significant and full of illumination in regards to the ways of God's sovereign move in our life. The word sovereign means means God's special way of interacting with us. He's God, we're not. And we get befuddled by that because sometimes what God is doing doesn't make sense. How these two sisters would have looked down the road and, <laughs> you know, from Jericho and saying, is he coming yet? <laughs> Is he here yet? (laughs) And what about the disciples? They probably were confused. They knew how much Jesus loved Lazarus, and he gets word that he's sick, and he stays two more days. They're going, what gives, Lord? What's up? Must have been strange to them, but John, John carefully points out that Christ's love was his reason for remaining, and I believe that God would have us learn a lesson, and so there are three observations about God's delays, because God's delay are delays of love. Let me say that again. God's delays are delays of love. Let's say that together. God's delays are delays of love. Three observations from this narrative. Number one, the great need of the beloved, that's verses one through four. And then two, the delays of love, five and six, and then walking in the light, seven through 10. Let's look at number one, the need of the beloved, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. The identification and devotion of Mary is given in verse 2. It was Mary who anointed the Lord and wiped the Lord's feet with her hair and gave of her best. She was the one whose brother Lazarus was sick. And from the other Gospels, it is implied that Jesus was a frequent guest in their home. Knowing Jesus' love for them and his power to heal, the sisters sent for Jesus when he was sick, naturally. So the sister sent word to him saying, Lord, the one whom you love is sick. Now, the sickness was serious enough for them to ask Jesus to come when they knew he had a price on his head. It was dangerous for him to come back there. But knowing that, they called him anyway. Why? Because it was serious. Uh, now, notice... They never mentioned Lazarus' name. They said the one you love is sick. <laughs> uh, if I had been writing this letter, it would have said, Jesus, your boy is sick. You need to come now. They were saying, listen, no, you don't even need, need to know his name. It's the one, it's your boy. It's the one you hang out with. It's your homeboy. <laughs> you need to come now. We don't know what's happening, but you need to come. Everybody say, now. When a godly person became seriously ill, several friends gathered around his bedside to ask God to restore him. The last one to pray spoke of the faithful service of this man and concluded his prayer by saying, Lord, you know how much he loves you. After a moment of silence, the ill believer said to him, I know you meant well, but please don't plead for my recovery on that basis. When Lazarus was ill and Mary and Martha sent for Jesus, their request was not based on his affection for Christ. They said, Lord, he whom you love is sick. It's not my weak and faltering allegiance to him that commands his attention to me. No, no. It's a fact that he loves me. He loved me. For God so loved Henry. You can put that in John 3.16. He would only give up everything for me, and so I respond to that love. Praise God. The same thought was forcefully impressed on hymn writer Philip Bliss one day after he finished singing, Oh, How I Love Jesus. Oh, How I Love Jesus. Beautiful song. He said, Those words are true, yet I feel guilty for having sung so much about my poor love for Christ and so little about his endless love for me. As a result, he wrote a song that's well-known today, It reads, or sends, I am so glad that my Father in heaven tells of his love in the book he has written, wonderful things in the Bible I see, but this is the dearest that Jesus loves me. Hmm. Our greatest comfort in life or death is not that we love him, but that he loved us. And just as with the man born blind in John 9, Jesus declares in verse 4 that the reason for the sickness is so the glory of God could be displayed. That's my first observation. When God is glorified, we ultimately benefit. When God is glorified, we ultimately benefit. Let's say that together. When God is glorified, we ultimately benefit. Now, this verse answers all those who say that sickness is never the will of God for a believer, that it's wrong to be sick, That is due to a lack of faith or some hidden judgment or something uh, from God. But the words of Jesus about Lazarus are unmistakable. Not all sickness is a sign of unbelief or lack of faith, and such position is not only unscriptural, it's dangerous and it's hurtful. Lazarus' illness was not related to sin in his life or unbelief in Jesus' power to heal. Jesus said that his sickness was so the, for the glory of God. Lazarus was allowed to suffer and die that Christ might have the opportunity to call him forth from the tomb. In this way, his deity would be exhibited to all. Any trial you face or I face, can bring glory to God because God can bring good out of any situation, even the worst situation. You know the story of Joseph. He, Because of jealousy, was thrown in the pit, and then he ended up being sold into slavery, and he went into jail. All this stuff happened to Joseph time and time again, but Joseph was a godly man, and yet all this junk happened, and at the end of Joseph's life in chapter 50 of Genesis, it says Satan meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Can I get an amen this morning? So here it is, any child can bring good, but when trouble comes, do you grumble? Do you complain? Do you blame God? Or do you see your problems as opportunities to honor him? Listen to what the theologian F.B. Meyer wrote. The child of God is often called to suffer because there is nothing that will convince onlookers of the reality and power of true religion as suffering will do, When it is born with Christian fortitude. Hmm. Notice it's how we respond to suffering. Have you ever heard the legend of the mignonette and the gravel walk? (laughs) Now, the mignonette, I understand, is a plant that has greenish yellow spikes of perfumed flowers. How fragrant you are this morning! said the gravel walk. Yes, said the mignonette. I have recently been trodden upon and bruised, and it has brought forth all my sweetness. But, said the gravel walk, I am trodden on every day and I only grow harder. Hmm. The life lesson is obvious. Some who suffer send forth a sweetness that blesses all who come in contact with them while others become bitter and alone and hard under the same circumstances. I only knew Barbara Alicio for the last year of her life. And I had no idea when I first met her from her countenance that she was battling cancer and that she was in much pain. She was quite sick. But she exuded a love for God and a love for people and a spirit of joy that was so refreshing. It was wonderful. Even when I went up to visit her, uh, when she was in her last days on earth, I went up to see her. And she was in bed. She's open eyes. For her, Pastor Henry. <laughs> you know that big smile that she can have? I mean, she just exuded that. How do you respond to suffering? God may choose what we go through. We decide how we go through it. The fields of science and medicine have joined forces to try to help free us from sickness. Now I'm thankful for medical advances. I'm thankful for aspirin and meds and I take something for high blood pressure and a whole slew. Of it. By the way, Uh, Since I stepped up my exercise for my blood pressure and my heart function, everything just started to come into place. So physical exercise is good, but the medications, I'm thankful for them too. But here's the deal. God purposely did not create us to be immune from disease. We are vulnerable for a reason. Whenever a believer is miraculously healed, God's might is revealed and his name is glorified. But even when people are not delivered from illness in this life, their deaths and homegoing can evoke praise to the Lord. They have been totally healed and given new lives with no handicaps, no disabilities, no pain. Praise God. He deserves our praise. The second observation is the delays of love. As we wait on God's deliverance, it's also good to realize that God's timing, everybody say his timing, his timing, is different from ours. The stating that Jesus loved all three members of the family is intended to show that it was not a lack of love or concern that caused him to act as he did. Christ's delays are delays of love. Now, you and me, everybody, single person in here. We've got stuff and a desire for you know we we pray to god lord re- remove this take this out this bitter thing or this hard thing i'm going through or this physical thing or maybe you have a wish or a desire lord you know um, it's your will I, I need this job or I, I, this relation whatever it is and to the best of our ability as far as we can discern it's the will of god <laughs> God, you know, I'm praying in faith because I believe that you want to do this. I'm ready to glorify you, God. And so, God, I'm asking you to do this. And we pray in faith and submission and request it to God over and over again. And no answer has come. Sometime in God's providence, the lifting away of a burden or the fulfillment of a desire or wish is at times a hope deferred. Now, I don't know this for sure, but I'm using my imagination in the mind of God. (laughs) He's probably saying something like this. I hear your prayer. I hear your request. I'm coming. I'm going to move. But not right now. We, on the other hand, in this process here, nothing. Nada. Zero. Zero. Zilch. (laughs) Well, instead of stumbling at the mystery or feeling like God has forgotten us, would it not be wiser for us to flip the script and begin to see through the eyes of faith and to glimpse into the very heart of the divine motives of God's dealing with us? And we can say something like this, and believe me, friends, I've said it. God, I don't understand this. God, I'm actually shocked by this. I know you're wise, I know you're good, and I know you love me. You know, sorrow is prolonged for the same reason it was given. It's of little use to send it for a little while. In the majority of cases, time is an element in working its right effect upon us. I was in Portland last week uh, spending time with my family, and my brother picked me up Actually he sent one of his associates to pick me up from the airport, and uh, he did brought me to his house and his mother, who's ninety two um, who's just a wonderful she's just a wonderful sister, and she and her friend, Bert, these two friends that have been friends for a long time, were having an afternoon tea. Okay. So I came in, and uh, of course, they weren't expecting me; they were just they having their tea, but I walked in it was about three in the afternoon, and so they said, well." Henry, would you like some tea? And I said, of course. So they poured me. Well, actually, I poured it for them. I'm trying to serve them. I said, may I pour you? I poured the tea. Poured them a cup. And I poured myself a cup. It was a delicious lemon, something. Mm -hmm. Just just so scintillating. Had the tea. And then they were still talking. They wanted more tea. So they put some more tea or water on for the tea. And um, actually, I put it on. I put it on. And they kept talking. And then it boiled. And I got the the, the the, uh, teapot and uh, they, I put the, the, uh, the tea in there and put it right in front of me. And they kept on talking, and I'm looking at that tea. And it was in there about maybe a minute. I don't know, maybe less. I'm not sure, but we were talking and having a good time. And I said, I think that tea is ready. Let me pour you some more. <laughs> and she says to me, no, Henry, the tea needs time. It has to stay in order for the flavor to go out. But in my patience, and I can be so impatient, I wanted it right then. And she had to rebuke me. No, Henry. Give it time. And God, in his wisdom, knows that when we struggle, we need time. We have to sit in it. We have to reflect on where we are. Because if the burden is removed too quickly, we go back to the way we were and we don't learn the lesson But God in his wisdom, he's not abandoning us, friends. He's saying it's because I love you. And I have a greater plan for you than your comfort. Oh, we throw that verse around for we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Well, who's good? It's God's good. It's not always for our comfort. (laughs) But when God's glory is demonstrated, we benefit ultimately. Can I get an amen this morning? And a final observation about walking in the light. Ooh, let me move along here. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, but when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Then Jesus said to his followers, Let's go back to Judea, the followers said. But, teacher, some people there tried to stone you to death only a short time ago. Now, you sure you want to go back there? What were they really saying to Jesus? Were they concerned about Jesus? Not really. <laughs> they were saying, Jesus, they tried to take you out. And if you go back there and they take you out and we're your followers, we're going to get taken out too. Let's not do this. And friends, I'm with you on this. So often, it's about my comfort, my feelings, what I need. And God is saying, listen, stop looking at your pain, your feelings, your desire. I've got a plan that's greater for you. And just hang with me. Just trust me. It may not look good right now, but just hold on because he loves me. (laughs) He loves me. It's out of the love of God that we get the ability. And so finally... In this verse, the followers say, but teacher, they tried to stone you to death. But Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the daylight, he will stumble because he can see by this world's light. But if anyone walks at night, he stumbles because there is no light. I love Jesus. You know, he, when you read what Jesus has to say, sometimes it can seem baffling. Walking in the light? What? Jesus, what are you talking about? We're talking about going back someplace where they're going to kill you. Now you're talking about walking in the light. Well, you know what, friends? The light symbolizes the wisdom that comes when we are walking in God's purposes. It may not look good. Yeah, there might be some people back there who are trying to take me out. But listen, we serve a God who sits high and he looks low. And his power and his wisdom is greater than any enemy who can try to take us out. And in the middle of the muddle, we can still turn to God and say, Lord, I trust you. I may not know what you're doing. I may not feel you. I may not even be able to see you. But I'm willing to trust you and to walk all the way in your wisdom. Can I get an amen this morning? So we got to make the most. To stray from God's purposes is to walk in darkness. But to abide in Christ is to remain in fellowship with God and walk in his light. Amen? Amen. And I want to challenge you that when you walk in the purposes of God, you're walking in obedience. And it's a wonderful thing because our knowledge of God and his love for us will sustain us and see us through. See us through difficulties. See us through disease. See us through disappointment, see us through delays, see us through pain, because he loves us.